Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another episode of Reconciling Grace, a podcast where we discuss topics and passages related to the Bible. My name is Pete Becky. I am the Associate Pastor for Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. I'm joined today with uh, my friend Josh Kugel. Josh is the pastor of First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi, and Don McDonald, pastor of Danforth Reformed Church, Danforth, Illinois. And uh, we've just decided we're just going to go all in today and have a title uh, that just says this, Are We in the Last Days? And I'm not sure if we decided if, if we're going to let Josh lead this or not. Let it, uh, we, we say at the beginning, um, you know, you hear Melody Morris's voice at the beginning saying there may not be full agreement from every panel member on every <laughs> you point. You can't start it out like that, Pete. We're going to agree on everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying is today we might hear some disagreements and different things, but I do want to make clear that we all do agree and that Jesus Christ is the only way to God the Father. Is that again? Amen there. Amen. Amen. All right. So, um, Josh, uh, I guess that you, you were showing us some books that you wanted to kind of uh, no, no, well, he, work here, with or what? The, here's the thing. We have been equipped more than any generation in history with everything we need theologically to know Jesus Christ and to talk about the world around us. And we should not take that for granted. We have, uh, have uh, 2,000 years or so of scholarly works. We have the entire Bible that the church didn't always have. Uh, we have, I have, I bet, looking at my library, I have 20 different Bibles, and then you add to it study Bibles and other resources and things like that. I've got more than I would ever need, and yet in the church today, we're scared to talk about the book that's supposed to talk and, and teach us about the end days and also give us hope for the future so that we can survive anything that the devil would throw at the church. And we're scared to open it. I've talked to pastors who said, we don't open the book of revelation. Um, I've said, I've talked to pastors that it's too controversial. I just steer out of it. And I, I have made an effort as a, a pastor to um, handle the book of revelation very often, uh, very frequently, but also in a way that I think only gets to what the main points are, not to what people get to when they say, you know, like attack helicopters and, you know, predicting events and all this kind of stuff. And so I just thought it'd be neat if we all, and I think Pete and Don, you guys are open to it, just predict when we think the last day is going. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it is hard. It is hard today to look at the events of our world and not to begin to wonder. And also, to, to check ourselves, though, we say a couple things in church. One, one of the things we say is, I don't think it's ever been this bad. That's false. Um, it's been far worse than it is today. Um, the other thing we say all the time is, I can look at the world and, and know that this must be, we must be really close to the last days. But you guys know as well as I do from Scripture and reading Scripture and also studying history, how often have they said, this is, is the signs are, are happening it must be the last days. How, how often do you guys know? I know um, 
my grandfather was big on dispensational theology and the different dispensations, which we don't really believe anymore. But he sat down and laid out a chart of all the major world events, trying to figure out when the end days would come. And, you know, they lived through the Dust Bowl. They lived through the Depression. He lived through a living, excuse the phrase, hell of World War One. The more I study World War One, it's amazing. He was as normal as he was from that war. Um, and and he kept always coming back to the Lord is coming. We just don't know when, and we have to trust in him in guiding us. You know, and I think in today's world, we're doing the pandemics, we're doing droughts, we're doing the famines, we're doing wars, we're doing all that. And if it doesn't make us get on our toes a little bit and lean in, sort of saying, you know, are these truly the last days? Are, are you ready for Jesus to come again? You know, are you, are you seeing that? Are you experiencing that question? Because I agree with you, Josh. I think in my 28 years here at Danforth, I think I've worked through the book of Revelation at least twice. And then there's Ezekiel. And then there's Daniel. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, there, there's all these powerful apocalyptic scripture that says, hey, these are the end times and what they're going to look like. And if we're not asking that question, then there's something wrong with us, though. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine what it'd be like to be alive during the Black Plague, though? <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, 50%. I mean, whole towns were closed down because of the Black Plague. Yeah, yeah. We just lived through a pandemic. And we think we're uh, in the major leagues right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and black, and they didn't have what they, what medically speaking, what we have today. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're more blessed than we give ourselves credit for sometimes. But where, where I worry is more on the social issues than than the the storms and the yep. you know pandemics and things like that. I think we're getting to a place socially where we just can't go much further. I think, um, but I do think I think we're supposed to. I, th I think we're supposed to know that we're in the last days, but I read early scripture. I mean, early, I'm talking scripture early after Jesus in the ascension and all, and they were saying the exact same things. Mm -hmm. So what do we get from that? Well, I think that one of the things that I've always taken away from all this is that Jesus said the key to what he said was be ready, be ready. And I think that they were ready, you know, within a week after he resurrected or whatever, you know, after the, especially after the Holy Spirit descended, there were people who thought, okay, it could be any time. Um, I remember reading a very small pamphlet one time, not pamphlet, not pamphlet, but it's a little small booklet one time. And, and it was called Perhaps Today with a mm. question mark. And it was really well thought out. And the, the point of what the author was saying was that basically throughout the history of the church, meaning going back to the resurrection of Jesus and the, and the sending of the Holy Spirit, there have been the thoughts within Christendom that perhaps it could be today that he's returning. So I think well, there's always... Aren't there, aren't there several stories in scripture too that pretty much say you you may think i'm not coming today but you better you better live like it because i might thief in the night the yeah thief things like that thief in the night and and i mean paul actually argued against it i can't remember which book it was because that one honestly i didn't look this up because i didn't know what we would be talking about today um but 
it was one of the one of the books he wrote, one of the letters he wrote. Don't be disturbed by some who say that that the return of the Lord has already happened. You know that that was a rumor going around even at that time when Paul was still around. Yeah, and he said, no, it won't happen. That's what he said. It'll be like the coming of the Lord, be like a, a, as the lightning flashes from the east to the west. You know yeah. that kind of stuff. You, you'll know it when when he's here or when he yeah. comes. So. Um, I, I think it, what you're saying about it never having been so bad, Josh, I think what we would say, I think what the accurate thing to say is it has never been so bad in our lifetimes. Yes, I, I think that's probably true. I think yeah. probably in, well, I, I think socially we're in a, we're in some new area. Um, I keep hearing things that were common during the Roman Empire, though, and think, man, I, I'm glad I live today, <laughs> mm-hmm. even socially. Um yeah. You know, I, I was just, we're, we're, we're having a guest speaker Sunday from the Women's Resource Center, Women's Crisis Pregnancy Center. One of the things I've looked up is the influence of Christianity and Christian people on the world. And it's, it's, it's unmistakable how big of an influence Jesus had through his church on the world. But when Jesus came to earth, um, one out of four children were slaves. I mean, think about that. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. and. Yeah. And, and, and back then it was legal to kill children because they weren't people and they were property. They were property. Yeah. And women had absolutely no rights. And Jesus comes on the scene and the church begins to work. And slavery is ended through the church. Um, I think 106 of the first 108 universities were Christian universities, and most of them formed with the, with the intent of educating people in godliness. And then you've got the the burning of widows that was happening in India that Christians ended. Um, but but you think about it, we the church did all this, but that means it was like this before. And one of the things you wonder is if God has us here for a purpose. <laughs> well, and, and to be I honest, I, I don't wonder it. I know that it that is the purpose. And I think the struggle we're having, which, ha- which is why we're asking the question, are we in the last days, is ha- has the church lost its ability to be a cultural influence in, let's just say, America? Yeah. And, yeah. and there's many of us, as we watch a church shrink, sort of going, well, wait a minute here with the way the church is shrinking and people are, you know, we, we talked about before we came online, you know, people feel like they want to hear what they want to hear that's pleasing to their to their ears, but they don't want to hear scripture. They don't want to hear how, you know, that, that is and, part of it, I think. And that's a problem for, for us as pastors is we're talking about the end times. One of the things we have to realize is that most people in our churches know more from fictional works than they do from scripture about the end times. And right. I'm talking about things like left behind. I'm talking about things like, you know, the bestseller from whatever pastor on the end of days and the blood moons and all this stuff. And very few. And I, I, I do admit revelation is very difficult to read. Yeah. Um, I think intentionally. So for, for a couple of reasons, one is, and I don't think this is intentional. We live in a different time. Um, but I think there's some other things going on. John was in prison. Um, he was writing to a church. Uh, not well. He was ex. Uh, he was um, um, what do you call it? You're kicked out of the kingdom and all. Exiled. Um, exiled. He was exiled on the prison island of Patmos, writing to the church that's very much active within the place he was exiled from. And there's this thought that he's using code that the early church would have understood completely, but we don't. Um, and plus, he's talking about 
you know, and, and there's a lot of these. Is, is he talking about the Caesar in part of it? But he doesn't want to come out and say it, but he wants to tell the church. You know, there's all this stuff going on. It's really difficult to read. You need to study it. Um, but you're not forgiven. Forgiven. You're not let off the hook by going to the Left Behind series and saying, I know what's going to happen. And, and part of what we're fighting as pastors today is our churches are not, and I don't mean this in a bad, well, I do mean it in a bad way. I don't mean it in an offensive way. Our churches are not as biblically literate as they have been in past generations. Well, um, I think when you look at the book of Revelation, Josh, um, there's been a long history of, in the church even, disagreement about what type of a book it is. There's the word preterist or preterist. I don't remember how you want to pronounce it. Um, there's the word historicist. And then there's the word that looks at it as a prophetic book. Now, you and I probably disagree. I think, I believe that- I think the, it's a late authorship, just so you I, know. I think that the, that the book of Revelation is primarily a prophetic book. I think it's telling what is going to happen. Um, I don't think that it has to do just with, you know, past stuff. Now, for instance, the first couple of three chapters where it talks about to the church in Ephesus, right? To the church in Laodicea, right? I think those are real churches. I think that, that Jesus do, do was you, referring to those. Do you, like me, though, believe that he picked seven churches to represent all of the church of all time? And not only were they written to seven physical churches, in Asia Minor, but also they were written to our church today. I think they were written as examples. I mean, even even the the, the New Testament talks about um, you know things that happened in the Old Testament were as examples, like the the things that happened to Israel were served as examples of what could happen to the New Testament church. Mm. Um, you know, so you know it's 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 not necessarily just a a yes no it's it's kind of a both and in fact i i think i found it right here i didn't know i was going to refer to this this is from dr james allman who is is i don't know he might be retired now uh professor of old testament studies at dallas theological seminary and i really like this quote of his he says this what god has done in the past is a model and promise of what he will do in the future though he's too creative to do the same thing the same way twice so, you know, when you're talking about these, these churches in the book of Revelation, I think they can be representative of what's going on today, sure, um, or what has happened, you know, throughout history in other churches. Yeah, yeah. But I think, well, I we, think we keep addressing the question, are we in the last days as we lay over the book of Revelation? I, I think the tension that's present in that question and with the book of Revelation is we don't totally know when the last days will be. Right. And as we look over Revelation in particular, it's like is But it, didn't they but didn't they in the early New Testament say we are in the last days? But do we know exactly, you know, when when Jesus yeah. is gonna come? You know, do we yeah. know exact and and I think, you know, I've I've one of the most difficult things I had to learn in ministry and preaching and teaching is what do you do with the phrase I just don't know but this is my best guess. <laughs> and and we've all done it. Yeah. And, and I think what it is is you know this gentleman that that I was talking to over a ministerial lunch years ago um used to say hey the tension is there like a rubber band. 
so that you have to keep asking the question, so that you have to keep exploring and growing in trusting Jesus more. But that growth only happens in the tension. You know, for me, in, in one breath, you know, when I preach and teach Jesus coming again in judgment for the Christian, it's like, let's party. It's time. I'm ready to go. You know, whether you're an amillennialist, pre-trib, post-trib, in-between trib, however you see the coming of Jesus, for the Christian, there's no fear because we know where we're going. We know that journey. You know, my, my heavy heart is in the ones that haven't said Jesus is Lord yet. You know, and, and I think that's the thing that really comes to my mind is we're dealing with all these cultural shifts within the church. Lordship of Jesus has to be at the forefront of it all. And I think the church is spending way too much time in, in the weeds of the cultural arguments that we're forgetting to proclaim Jesus as Lord. And we're forgetting to do that gospel um, message first. Um, and, and I think that's part of the devil's plan. Amen. I, I agree exactly with what you're saying, Don, because we, we tend to get sidetracked. We're losing the focus. I, a dear mentor of mine, uh, Reverend Gary Jones, he's passed away several years ago now. He used to say, and I loved it. He was just so down to earth. He said, remember to keep the main thing, the main thing. And I think that that's what I always try to remember. Um, keep the main thing, the main thing. That doesn't mean that we don't try to understand things like the book of Revelation. But when you talk about the book of Revelation and you ask the question, are we in the last days? Um, I think you also have to compare the book of Revelation with other parts of the Bible. You know, what did Jesus say about his return? What did, I think, Don, you were talking about, for instance, the book of Ezekiel, the book of Daniel. What did, what did these things say about end times, what to expect. So there's all kinds of things that, that need to be put together. And and I think that kind of like what you said about your grandfather, if you, if you try to spend so much time trying to figure out exactly when or what's going to happen, you, you might miss the bigger picture. And, and I think he came to that conclusion is, hey, Jesus is coming back. And, and I think that's, you know, when, when we're looking over all, you know, because, you know, in North America, the, the church of Jesus Christ is shrinking. And yet, um, in, in, you know, in the Asian world and the Hispanic world and all the above, it's growing. And I think it's because they're able to say, hey, it's about lordship. It's not about these cultural arguments. And I don't think it's all bad to say, hey, with everything we're living through right now, are we in the last days? Are we at that place where Jesus is going to come again? Because only those who are faithful are the ones who will be redeemed and, you know, resurrected. Hey, I think it's good to ask that question and to survey. You know, I, I know Josh, he told, he said, hey, listen, I have preached through Revelation with the intention of saying, hey, are we in the last days? Hey, are you in the kingdom of God? How are you growing in the kingdom of God as all these things are going on? Um, sometimes the bad times make us wake up to say, hey, we got to get back to lordship and the basics of the faith. As we ask the question, are yeah. we in the last days? I, I did um one one of the weeks I was uh, preaching on Revelation this last time I looked up uh, there's a Wikipedia page you can actually look up of people Christians specifically who have predicted specific dates for the end times um and the list is long as a matter of fact there were a couple of times I think from one from nine ninety nine to one thousand I think was one of them 
where hundreds and hundreds of people sold all their belongings and went up on a hilltop and pretty much waited for Jesus to come back for them. Um, and so, I don't know. I think we are supposed to live in the tension of Jesus could come back at any second now. Um, I think part of that tension is I better be doing what he thinks I should be doing if he's coming back. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think too often we look at the signs of the end times being the bad things and somehow have this idea that before it gets too bad, Jesus is going to come back or something like that instead of, how do, how do I say this? I think instead of God is putting off coming back so that as many people can be saved as can be saved. And that's what I need to be about rather than looking for all the bad things going on. Right. Well, I, I tend to agree with what you're saying about that part, that the reason why he, he is slow to come back. I think Peter said this in, in first Peter, second Peter. I can't remember which one. He said that the Lord is not slow as some understand slowness. He said, remember that with the Lord, a, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day, but he's waiting because he's patient because he wants people to come to a knowledge of him and that's something that i think is really important i mean if the lord would have returned say two years ago my grandson wouldn't have been born yet don your your granddaughter wouldn't have been born yet you know things like that so you know god understands these things he knows these things now i don't necessarily believe in predestination you know i believe in free will and all that stuff and i know that i'm dealing with a reformed guy and a baptist guy here who might believe a little bit differently but the point is i, I believe god knows that doesn't necessarily mean he makes it happen i'm not going to get into all those weeds today but the point is that god knows who is going to be saved god knows who is going to live with him in heaven but i i think that the scripture also points to the fact that things are going to be getting worse and worse until Jesus comes. Now, I do, I do believe that there's going to be a rapture of the church. Now, is that going to be pre-tribulation? Is that going to be mid-tribulation? Is it going to be post-tribulation? I've heard great arguments from Scripture on all sides. Hey, Pete, just yeah. for the sake of people listening, what is tribulation? What is rapture? Okay, the Great Tribulation is what's written about in, in the, uh, the book of Revelation where all kinds of bad things are going to happen. It's not just bad. It's going to be really, really, really bad. Rapture comes from the, um, the Greek word rapio, which means to be caught up. comes from the book of, I believe it's 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. I have to look it up. But it talks about that the, they will be caught up with Jesus in the air. It's going to be caught up. Doesn't use that word, though. What? Doesn't use that word, though. No. Just to specify. Rapio? Yeah. I don't think it does. It's for Thessalonians. No, that's the Latin. I'm sorry. That's the Latin word. That's the Latin word, rapio. I'm sorry. If I said Greek, I was wrong. Um, but that's where it comes from. That's where the word rapture comes I from. Just, I'm concerned for people as you're listening to this that you understand that, you know, when Jesus comes again, you know, those who have claimed Jesus as Lord will be risen and those who are left who are still alive will be caught up in the clouds with him. So it's, it's, it's part of the resurrection plan that God has for us. 
And so, you know, to me, it's important that we define that. So if there are people out there listening to this going, what's a rapture or what's a tribulation? We at least define that. Well, let me, and let me say it. uh, I I misspoke at first when I said Greek, it is the Latin word repio. uh, And it comes from first Thessalonians 4, 17 uh, is where where it comes from. So um, I I looked that up because I wanted to make sure Don, as you are, want to make sure our, our listeners know where we're coming from. That's, where it comes from, but the word "caught up" is uh, "harpazo." I believe that's the word that's used in Greek, "harpazo," which means to be suddenly taken. Right. And I think that's I think that's the the word that's actually used in Greek. But I, I think when we're addressing the question, are are we in the last days with everything that is going on? If we get technical, like Josh has said, the minute Jesus ascended, we were in the last days. Yes, I agree with that. And, and, and I think we have that tension of asking that question as we've lived through a pandemic, asking this question as we're living through another war, asking that question, you know, Josh brought up Black Death of the medieval times, you know, all the different time periods that we've lived through as, you know, Church of Jesus Christ, we end up asking are these the last days? And I think, you know, for those who are listening, there's nothing wrong with asking that question. There's nothing wrong inquiring about that because you end up back at Jesus and that he is still Lord and that he is still watching over us. I was, I was thinking about it, you know, within the testimony of Peter, you know, uh, Jesus is, they're talking about, you know, who Jesus is, you know, who do people say the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this is, was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, and this is the thing that I'm thinking about as we deal with the tension of are these the last days, is on this rock I'll build my church, and here's the deal, and the gates of hate will not overcome it. That even though all these things are going on, and even though we're dealing with a shrinking church in Northern America, guess what? Church is going to come out okay. The church is going to be fine. And for the record, in my mind, when I say church, I'm not thinking denominations. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the churches who are faithful in proclaiming Jesus as Lord. I'm thinking about the churches that are preaching all of Scripture. The the churches that are faithful. The other thing is, I think it's important that you keep saying in North America, too, um, because a lot of times we assume that what we're going through is what the entire world's going through. But the church is growing like crazy in some places. And in some places we're struggling. Yeah. 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 And when you talk about the end times and how bad things are, I think it's also important to understand that in this age of instant communication, we keep hearing all the bad stuff because of the 24-7 news cycle. If something bad happens, especially in a place that is connected in some way with the United States, you know, for instance, you might not hear about, you know, murders in certain African countries. But if it's in Paris or if it's in London or if it's in Sacramento or Ottawa, Canada or wherever it might be, you might hear about it. And it's like everything's always so bad, so bad because there's this going on, that going on. 
And if you turn on the news, um, basically it's, this is what bad happened today. This is what bad happened today. And it's just like, we, we get to the point where we feel like it's never been worse, even though maybe it has been. But, but l- let me, let me, um, the, the signs of the times are actually not supposed to make us feel bad though. They're supposed to fill us with hope because every time you see something that, that, that the Bible has predicted, it means that we're closer to Jesus coming back for his church. And the other thing is the book of Revelation starts out with saying, blessed are the one, blessed is the one who reads this to the church. Blessed are those who hear it and do what they, what it says. You're supposed to read the entire book of Revelation from a lens of Jesus is going to make all things new. Jesus is going to get rid of death and sorrow and crying and pain. And they're never coming back. And he's coming back for his people, whether it's a rapture event, whether it's post or pre, whether it's whatever, we can all know whatever camp we fall into, which is probably one day we're all going to look back and say, I can't believe that we were so taken with with that instead of, and so many of us read Revelation like, I can't believe the the beast and the mark and all these things. And, And we're looking at lesser things because... You know, I want to. I want you to know that Satan is so powerful, right? That that an angel is the one that defeats him, right? Not not Jesus. And that lets you know. I think, isn't it that that Michael is the one that that deals with him? That lets you know we're not dealing with a power that is any way, shape, or form a threat to our God. We're dealing with a power that's going to be put in its place. Um that unfortunately is going to lure a lot of people to go with him into his place. But we're, we as Christian, as, as Christian people are supposed to look at all the events of the end time and saying, you know, this is horrible. I hate that so many people are being led away. I hate that so much pain and everything is out there, but it's further proof that we need Jesus, that Jesus is going to come. That every time I look at anything horrible from today, every time somebody dies should be an opportunity for hope because we should be able to say, you know what? This isn't always going to be the case. They're not always going to die. I'm going to see many of them again. But the bigger thing is I may have to struggle with this for a lifetime. I love that Francis Chan did an illustration once where he pulled out a huge rope, like 100 feet long, and he wrote a little mark on it in red. And he said, this this rope represents all of eternity. And this red dot that I put on this rope is, is your lifespan. And he says that your lifespan gets a disproportionate amount of your attention because what we should be talking about is the rest of everything. And you think everything is being determined by and, and everything that matters is happening in this little red. And, and I think Revelation is just supposed to show us again that what you see is not all there is. Um, the pain you see right now is only evidence that the pain won't be around for forever. And every end time event that you notice is not an opportunity for you to put your fingernails in your mouth and start worrying. It's an opportunity for you to say, oh, wow, everything's going to come true. Mm -hmm. Did you not just give an explanation of why people should say Jesus is Lord? Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're sitting on the fence post listening to this and you're trying to figure out what to do with Lordship of Jesus, Josh just gave you a reason to say why Jesus is Lord. Amen. Because when we look over 
these last days, it's not about the negativity of the last days, but the last days that point to the reality of Jesus is on the throne. Good and bad is going to happen. I think that I yeah. think we're all in agreement there. Um, good and bad happen in Jesus's life. Good and bad happen in the lives of the apostles. Um, but the bad is temporary. Exactly, and the the eternal is what it was. Don, I think it was your dad who who loved that that passage in Revelation about there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Oh, amen. And I remember that because I remember that from his funeral, and I still have his funeral card in my Bible in that spot of the book of Revelation. Um, and he passed away, what, 22 years ago now? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's something. And that's the thing is the, the, Paul said it so well. He said that the light and momentary troubles we're going through now are nothing compared with the glory that we'll experience in and, the presence of Jesus. And what was interesting and a personal reflection, that text he gravitated towards after he lost his house to divorce, after he lost half his family, because when the divorce happened, my mother slash Claire took the girls. Dad never saw his daughters again, in particular one. And yet he still claimed that Revelation 21 text. Mm -hmm. That even though all those things were going wrong, he, he would say, the Lord is still on the throne. The Lord is going to make everything new. So it was quite interesting that it was a part of, are we in these last days type of talk? That we're having today. I want to tell you guys one of the things that filled me with the most hope in Revelation was when I started to read a little differently. Was it a suggestion of somebody? Because for my whole life, I've always heard these old guys and girls singing uh, these gospel songs that talk about how beautiful the streets of gold are going to be. And I fell under the impression that heaven is going to be this this like a like a, a Zales jewelry store or something like that. And and I remember reading somebody saying, you know, how wrong we get that. And I really do think we do. Um, I'm open for discussion on it. But what we find out is the streets, meaning the things you walk on, the, the common, the, the, the stuff that's not worth enough to make, to make a difference there is going to be what you're going to walk on. And that's gold. So the most valuable things of this life are the most common things in the next or the most worthless things as a matter of fact they're so worthless that they're going to be spread over the streets so you can walk on them and what we've spent our whole life like um you know fantasizing about heaven is it's going to be shiny and just like gold and, and all the beautiful things of earth will be there no <laughs> you don't even know what heaven's going to be like I, I don't even think you know the beginnings of what heaven's going to be like and and if we're spending all our time saying you know what it's going to be the streets of gold and and all this stuff i i think for one i think that was intentional not i, I don't want to say so much that it's actually going to be streets of gold but i think it's a it's a challenge to us that the things you find most valuable here are the dirt of heaven mm -hmm. um and, and as a matter of fact the things that sometimes you neglect which is mercy and grace and taking care of orphans and widows and, and, and being about the work of Jesus. And I'm not talking the social justice necessarily work. I'm talking about the, the work to free the oppressed and, and to live uh, God's will for your life. And all those are the things that, as a matter of fact, you're going to get rewarded for in the next. And, and I think it's this, the, the, the picture we have of heaven is this constant, even as we're challenged to live in the last, live as though we're in the last days right now, I think every time we talk about heaven, we're also challenged 
to look at our own lives and recognize that most of your life is filled with things that will be burned away and will not make it to eternity. And we're actually told that in the scripture too. Yep. Yep. One of the things, and maybe it's getting time to close, but one of the things that I remember hearing many, many years ago, probably 20 years ago, um, was by a uh, Bible teacher by the name of Steve Brown. I think it was called Key Life Ministries back then. He had a very deep voice, and I think he spoke like this. But one of the things that I heard him say was um, something along these lines, and I'm not going to say the quote exactly right. It's been too many years. But he says, those of us who might be around when Jesus returns, we'll see what happens and we'll say, this is nothing like I expected it to be, but now I understand. And I think that's kind of like what heaven's going to be like. And I think that that's kind of like what maybe these, are we in the last days is going to be like, are we in the last days? I think all of us agree that yes. Even if you go back to the definition of the last days started when, when Jesus was resurrected. And I think that's a great. However, um, I think right before Jesus died, Jesus told him everything that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And they were surprised by every event. But at the end of it, they said, oh, you told us exactly this. And yeah. I think we're going to have the same reaction in heaven. Sure, sure. I think we're going to be surprised by everything. And then we're going to say, wait a second. <laughs> I was just reading it wrong. Right. Um, That's right. And as I say, so I think, I think we would all probably agree that in some way, we would say that, yes, we are in the last days. Um, I see Don nodding. So... Um, the question was that we posed at the beginning was, are we in the last days? Yes. Do we all agree that the last days are exactly the way that we all each individually think they will be? Well, maybe not. But the bottom line is Jesus is Lord. We need to follow what the scripture says. And we need to understand Jesus is Lord. We need to put him first and live for him and know that everything in this world is temporary. So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and sign off. Um, Don McDonald, Pastor Mac from Danforth Reformed Church, Danforth, Illinois. Josh Kugel, thank you for your uh, insights for all these uh, things. I think we kind of started this idea maybe with your, with your thoughts. And I appreciate all that you have had to say. You're the pastor of First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. My name is Pete Becky. I'm an associate pastor with Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. And I want to thank all of you for joining us for Reconciling Grace. Lord willing, we'll be back again next time with another podcast. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.